The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, as we mentioned off the top of the show, there's a new study suggesting that banning of fast food drive throughs could do a lot for your health, but probably not in the way that you would suspect. And some cities have already done it. We're joined this afternoon by Candace Nickafork, a University of Alberta professor in the School of Public Health and co-author of the study. Hi, Candace. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Candace, why the study? Well, we really in the school feel that healthy public policy is a really important tool for creating environments that support people's health and their quality of life. So we try to investigate an array of policies and understand how they're being used across Canada to make um, Canadians healthier. So you have to assume that going into a study you don't have any... Um, predisposed notions of what your conclusion was going to be, but you probably do want to look at specific things. So what did the study specifically look at? So what we specifically looked at is um, we wanted to explore the extent to which communities across the country adopted bylaws that either banned or limited fast fast food drive-through services in their communities. The reason we thought this would be interesting is because we noticed that this was happening in the U.S., and we really wanted to understand whether or not the same thing was was occurring in Canada. And so we really focused on understanding um, which municipalities adopted a, a ban, and of those that did, what was the nature and characteristic of those municipalities and of the bans themselves? So let's go into that a little bit, because to be honest with you, Candace, uh, until I read um, an article and some details of the study, I didn't even realize there was such a thing as cities and municipalities banning drive-throughs. Where is this happening? So it's actually happening all over Canada. Um, we have 27 municipalities that had that had adopted a full ban as of 2016, as well as several others who were in the process of considering a ban in their municipal councils at that time. Wow. But there's some really close to home. So Beaumont actually has one of the bans, as does Calgary. Oh. There's a few more in BC, several in Ontario, and some in Quebec as well. Wow. So, um, yeah, 27. And the really interesting thing to me is even though that 27 sounds like a really small number, because there's a number of big cities that are included, like Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, it actually covers 24% of our population. So that's really incredible. Hmm. So do each of, did each of these municipalities ban uh, drive throughs for the same reason? No, absolutely not. Um, there was a variety of different reasons for, for banning uh, uh, fast food drive throughs and these were typically related to livability, sustainability, or quality of life. So in some cases, it was really about improving a downtown core, making space for people instead of cars. Sometimes it was about environmental concerns like noise or litter. Other times it was really about creating a a very um, um, people-friendly character quality of life in the city. Um, In a few cases it was about health. I think what was notably different in Canadian municipalities from the U.S. is that U.S. municipalities often cited um, 
obesity and chronic disease prevention as a reason, and that really didn't come up in our municipalities. This was really about quality of life. Just, just to clarify a point, of these sure. 27 municipalities who have some sort of ban on drive throughs they did not ban all drive throughs though, right? Uh, some did. So in some municipalities, there's a full ban, which means that any new construction going forward after the ban would not permit drive throughs in any case. In those communities, there would some of those communities, um, existing drive-throughs would be grandfathered in. In other communities, um, the ban was a partial ban and limited to drive-throughs, for example, in residential areas or in downtown cores, but they may have retained drive-through services um, adjacent to highways, for example. I've never even I've never even thought about living in a city that didn't have a drive-through. <laughs> Like, and, and, and just because it, I've just I, I never knew again I never knew that there was such a thing that there were bylaws in place or there was rules in place in some cities that they didn't have these. Well, well everything these days is about convenience, right? And so that's well, why drive-throughs yeah. have propped and, up. It, by the way, is this bank drive-throughs as well or just food drive-throughs? We just looked at food drive okay. okay. But what I'm also really surprised with and impressed with is that it's just not necessarily about your blood pressure and your waistline. That there's all sorts of different reasons why why they did this. That's right. Yeah. And it really, uh, really this understanding that we're trying to create spaces for people. And, and that means promoting not just healthy eating, but promoting walking, promoting other forms of active transportation but also inviting people to come out of their cars, come out of their homes, and integrate and connect with people and businesses in their community. And I think that's really exciting. Hmm. Candace, there's a number of people texting in saying, hey, no, Beaumont has drive throughs I was just at a drive through yesterday. That's right. So their ban would, would be one of those that would, per, would um, prohibit uh, drive throughs going forward. New, new ones, yeah. Okay. okay. So how does a city like the city of Edmonton, for example, use the information from your study? Well, I think um, the city of Edmonton is really, you know, um, their concern for quality of life and being a healthy city and promoting the qual- uh, lives of people is really well known across the country. And I think for the city of Edmonton, this is just another possible tool in an array of toolkit that could be used to really invite people to become re-engaged with particular uh, municipal zones or particular parts of the city. So, for example, when we think about something like um, promoting child-friendly spaces or promoting active transportation through bike lanes, these might be the same kind of spaces where a a future drive-through ban might also help create a particular character for that neighborhood or part of the community. I I wonder, though, how not having a drive-through impacts the business you know when you have the so many people going through grabbing their coffee grabbing their bagel grabbing their whatever and and i and i get that you know there's some good reasons for it the ones that you just mentioned but i'm also wondering Mm -hmm. how many of them just said hey no this really sucks (laughs) (laughs) because we we like that convenience that the quickness of of people going through there i'm guessing that you guys didn't look at that though you know we did not look at the economic impact that was beyond our study but i can tell you that for those municipalities considering this kind of ban, it's really about creating a level playing field. So if nobody has drive throughs for example, then it doesn't really have an economic impact mm. because it's fair for everyone. And what we know from other sort of public health 
um, studies of initiatives like this, like take, for example, the smoking ban um, uh, years and years ago, when those bans first came in, restaurants and, and, and bars really were concerned for the economic impact yeah. of, of not being allowed, not allowing smoking inside of restaurants and bars. And what we found, um, like six months and a year afterwards, was that profits actually went up from not having smokers in the space. Now, this isn't to disparage smokers, but what it does tell us is that when we create a level playing field for all businesses, then nobody suffers. You know, uh, I couldn't. I, I could just let that go. <laughs> But I don't believe it to be true. The, the, your statement is correct that uh, there was not the economic impact to smoking uh, to facilities once they went non-smoking. That is absolutely true, and it's also true uh, that uh, their economic uh, situation got better. So that's also true. But the difference would be uh, the individuals who might stop to get a coffee don't stop to get a coffee because they don't want to go in. So there would be a direct impact there. And the other impact would be in shared space, uh, you know, the Tim Hortons that's in the ESSO. Um, if you had the lineup inside, that impacts both the ESSO and the Tim Hortons, for example. You walk into a store, there's a long lineup, you're like, not doing this. Here. Mm-hmm. So it would have an economic impact, I'm sure. You, you know, I think the, thing, the, the, the interesting thing about economic impacts is that you're examining some kinds of costs relative to improvements in quality in other sort of areas. And so I think what would be really interesting is to, you know, engage with a health economist to really understand what kind of um, true economic costs are born and what other sort of economic wins are gained over the longer term. You know, to be fair, we didn't look at that, so yeah. I can't speak yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. one way or the other, but I think it is a really important question and one that really should be answered. Well, you know, the other thing would be handicapped individuals, parents with children, there'd be an impact there, not economic, but there would be I guess I guess well. the thing is, though, that if there is change, though, whenever there is change, like we saw with the smoking bottle, like eventually we all kind of get on board and go along with it, and we for, we forget. We, we just we just go along and deal. We, we just deal with it. We it's, adapt. It, it, we adapt. We do, but it's tough to take for. convenience away from people, though. It, yeah, but they did that with well, smokers. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's partially not... You're absolutely right. You don't want to take convenience away from people, and you don't want to make decisions when you haven't carefully thought through the yeah. impacts on everybody, not just a primary end user, for example. Mm-hmm. So I think what's really clever in policies like this is that they often have done things like health impact assessments or equity considerations where they really examine the impact on everybody and try to create an environment that's supportive of everybody and not favoring some over others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting study. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's an interesting study and it's a starting point as well. It's not, you know, conclusive. So it's, it was interesting. Yeah. Candace Nickafort joining us uh, this afternoon, a U of A prof at the School of Public Health and co-author of this study. Uh, Candace, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care now. It's 2.45 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Uh, yeah, again, I was just really surprised. When I first heard about this... I, I assumed reading, it was all about not eating junk food. And, and that was it. I was like, no, you know what? Don't be a... 
don't 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 take away my right to go through the McDonald's drive-through to grab my quarter pounder meal on the way to you know for lunch today because that's that's my decision but when you when you find out the other reasons why communities across the country and in in America are doing this mm-hmm. it's, no, it's let, just it's just interesting it, it's interesting yeah. i understand it yeah. and and i get where they're coming from uh, and i'm not in favor of it i mean yeah. it, for me i can only look at me personally right yeah. and everybody has their own i get up every morning yeah, and in my pajamas or you know whatever, with my hair out of place, and I put my sunglasses on so that people don't realize how tired I really am. I go get my coffee. Yeah. Well, if I have to go drive, park, go in, I'm not doing it. I'll and go I wonder back about percolating my well, own coffee. And well, and and there is that, and you think of some of the parking lots, you know, in some yeah. of the existing coffee shops around town, the size of them, how many vehicles. Yeah. Sometimes that's tricky enough to get to get in. You there. know what I think the compromise would be? What? And I think everybody would be happy. And this uh, falls in the category of uh, bylaw one, subsection one. Uh, if you're ordering a whole bunch of stuff, uh, go in. <laughs> Otherwise, drive through. I'm always behind that, you know. I know. Soccer mom who's like, oh, let's buy everybody everything for oh, really, or who doesn't know the menu yeah. at a drive-through that the, whose menu has not changed in ten years. I uh, would love to go back, and I think I'm going to is go to, go back to some of these communities, look up yeah. what the feedback was, what the sure. talk shows sounded like, what the news coverage <laughs> sounded yeah. like when some of these uh, communities implemented the. The ban, I guess, the ban on on drive-throughs. Mm-hmm. I'd be fascinated to know that. Hey, uh, Jalen and I. Many of our listeners reacting uh, rather negatively <laughs> to the concept of getting rid of drive-throughs. Let's just make it clear: they were just studying just the study. cities that had done this, mm-hmm. and there are. St- Lots of them, well, 20, and some of the big ones, Toronto, Vancouver, Markham, Ajax, Ajax, Windsor, Kelowna, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not done to say, oh, hey, fatty, back away from the drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that fell saying, down the list of top 10 reasons was it, the food itself, because yeah. of course you can still go in and get the same food, right? <laughs> hey, Bernie. Didn't mean to upset you people. Hey, Bernie. Hey. I'm I'm torn on what the uh, right way to go is here. Okay. But I do have to challenge the uh, comparing this to the non-smoking or banning smoking at casinos. The service being provided at a casino is gambling, not mm-hmm. smoking. So banning the smoking is not the same as banning gambling. So going to uh, a restaurant and saying we will ban one of the ways that you can purchase food at a restaurant is very different. You're, you're, so you can't compare, oh, they canceled smoking and people still gambled. That's different from saying they canceled a way to buy food so people will still buy the food. It's just, it was a uh, frivolous comparison that was made there. Uh, and as I said, I'm torn on it. I don't know. Maybe you could throw in arguments that uh, uh, it promotes distracted driving. You shouldn't be drinking or coffee from your driver or something like that. I, well, that was actually one of the points uh, brought up in the study as well, that it would reduce litter and distracted driving. There was, And I think perhaps 
you know, and again, it's just a study, but I think perhaps the idea was to really push down the fat food part of it mm-hmm. to the very bottom of the list and say, but look at all these other advantages, yeah. right? But yeah. nobody's, I don't think anyone on city council is seriously considering this. It's just happens to be a University of Alberta study and U of A happens to be an Edmonton. And, and an interesting study. And as I said, I don't know which way I lean on it, but just the, the and she's a smart lady she's a prof which i will never be because i'm not smart enough <laughs> don't go down a path of bringing up a an argument of comparison that doesn't actually apply. well she, she actually didn't bring up casinos she no she, she brought up the, brought when up the bylaw came in, in about smoking yeah. yeah yeah and then she went down she said people said that no one would go to the casinos anymore the gambling oh, okay. Oh, okay yeah well i think yeah. they also said too at, at that time that no one would go to bars anymore yeah as yeah, well, right? You know, so and, and bars are a place you go to drink, not to smoke. Uh, oh, oh no, Andrew, come on, though, Bernie. I mean, the smoking <laughs> and the drinking went hand in hand. Trust me, I was there. Andrew, I hope you stop smoking someday. I care about you, man. Well, I, 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 I'm glad that you do care. I appreciate that. And one day I will. Okay. But, well, not the hard way, not the... No, 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 oh, not because I'm dead, no. <laughs> well, that okay, certainly bye-bye. would solve it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. I think. Oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, a quick update for you on a story that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, WestJet, you were actually on vacation when this first came down. WestJet got rid of their direct flights to Las Vegas. And I, I couldn't believe it when I heard about it. I thought, what are you doing? Well, they were trying to drive traffic, I'm sure, I to their that. new low-income, uh-uh. low-income, low, low Fair. No frill, fair, flare, whatever it is. Um, no. They've reversed that decision now. So what had happened at the time, um, and as I say, you were on vacation, so I put it out there and asked if anyone's got a reservation past October 11th, tell me what WestJet is telling you. Yeah. And several people phoned in and texted the show to say that they had just gotten new itineraries at, for trips after October 11th. They were flying through Vancouver, they were flying Mm-mm. through Calgary, and nobody was happy about Mm-mm. it. Of course you're not. And I had talked to WestJet on another matter, and uh, when I was talking to their call center, I said, how many calls are you taking about direct flights out of Edmonton to Las Vegas? And she said, you know, about as many as we expected. Very nice lady. She was like, yeah, that, I mean, people are not happy. Mm-hmm. So WestJet has now reconsidered, but not completely. So they're going to have four direct flights, Mondays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays after October, because they still want to encourage people to use Flare, right? So I don't know, looking at this, mm-hmm. what times they are. The reason I always flew WestJet, frankly, was not the day, but the time. Yeah. Because they had an 8 o'clock flight to get you in at a really decent time. Just before noon, by the time you get to your hotel, you can check in and you're good to go, right? And then they had a return flight that was like 7-ish. Yeah, so you got to spend the day. You got another day in Vegas, right? So I'll have to see the schedule when it comes out and see if it's a good good move. Stay with us. It's 2.56 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. When we come back, uh, City Councilor Andrew Knack joins us in studio. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.